Welcome to the Holistic Business Podcast, where healers, makers, mystics, and other weirdos who don't quite fit the mold learn how to grow businesses that sustain them and their communities without working all the damn time or feeling like they're selling out. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and as the founder of the Holistic Business Academy, I've helped thousands of small business owners just like you to grow supportive, holistic businesses. Now, it's your turn. Y'all, I'm so excited today to have the great and mighty Liz Worth here on the show. Liz is a tarot reader, the author of eight books, including The Power of Tarot. Uh, Her writing has appeared all over the place, Refinery29, The Globe, Mail, and more. She also runs an online tarot school, teaches tarot business strategies, and is one of my favorite people from the internet land. Um, I had the immense pleasure of being on Liz's podcast, I think about a year ago, and it's been always so exciting to find someone who's in this like business, spirituality, creativity space, who's asking, I think, challenging questions and willing to like look at kind of the I'm not, I was going to say the dark underbelly of the industry. That might be a little bit broad, but um, but who's is actually engaging with like the reality of what it means to do this kind of work in the world. Liz, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited. So that was my like, this is Liz as I as I see her. Who are you? What do you do? What is your work? Um, what are you obsessed with right now? Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, as probably obvious as it sounds, tarot is always an obsession for me. Uh, I think, you know, to do this kind of work professionally, it helps to be a little bit obsessed with it, to be honest, because you have to think about it all the time and be in it all the time. And so tarot is always a number one obsession. But of, of course, you know, I think that like a lot of tarot readers, you know, tarot isn't the only thing we do, right? So I do a lot of writing, a lot of other things, but it all kind of comes together. I think that when we have multiple passions as diviners, then those things actually influence our divination in really interesting ways as well. So my my other big hustle right now is getting ready for a novel that's coming out in October. Ooh, yeah, exciting. yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's a vampire novel that took me a really long time to write. So wow. yeah, fiction is really hard to right just gonna say I, put that out there so it's a yeah it's a whole other thing <laughs> I like I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because it is yeah. slightly <laughs> off topic but yes, yes. I've been yes. working really hard on focusing on my writing this year and I do a lot of like nonfiction, kind of like researched essay work and that's been like mm. it's hard work but it makes sense to me because it's similar <laughs> to everything else I do the fiction stuff I'm trying to do, Liz, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've ever, ever, ever done anything that hard in my entire life. It's like terrible, but you have Challenge. a whole book, a whole book now. Whole book. What's it called? It's called The Mouth is a Coven. Yeah, it's, it's a cult inspired vampire novel. So yeah, oh. there's some tarot references in it as well. I, I'm, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that as well. Congratulations. Yes. That is so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. But maybe we could start there just because I'm curious. How do you um, run a full-time tarot business and write a novel? And like, how are you, how are you managing your business and life in, in this year of our Lord 2022? I love this question because it makes me think about when I started my business, when I first went full-time I was always a writer. That was, you know, that was something I was doing in various capacities for years before I decided to go full-time as a tarot reader. And I was working a nine, a really challenging, demanding nine to five. And I always felt that my full-time work was taking away from my potential as an artist. And I really wanted to read tarot because that was also a a big part of my life outside of my nine to five. And I thought, or I assumed, I assumed that uh, if and when I was self-employed, I would have so much time to work on other things that I would be able to just get up and write and, uh, and be really creative. And I'd have all of this extra time. And, you know, I have to say, this might surprise some people, I actually think I had more time for my art when I was working for someone else. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. You're yeah. like, that's not surprising. To that does, yeah. But I think it is to a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. Especially maybe folks who haven't yes. made the full-time leap or you're in your first couple of years, you're like, this will get better. And it's yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> no, because you know, the thing that I didn't appreciate is that business actually takes a lot of creative energy. And so you're making, you know, you're making a lot of content, uh, especially if you are putting yourself out there online, that's a lot of creative energy. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other writing that happens in business, right? Especially in this day and age where we all have to be writers in some way, right? And so we're creating newsletters and we're writing posts for social media. Uh, some of us are writing courses and workshops. All of that takes a lot of creative energy. And you're also making a lot of different decisions all day long. And then at the end of the day, when it's all over, you probably don't want to sit at your computer, right? The same desk that you've been at all day doing all of these other things and work on a novel, right? Uh, or maybe you don't want to work on other, you know, other types of art or whatever else you have going on because you're like, you know, I just did so many things today. It's a lot different than, again, you know, showing up for work somewhere and it doesn't, you know, necessarily always matter in some jobs how well you perform that day or if you finish all of your tasks because you're still getting paid regardless. When you're self-employed and on your own, you also start to realize, you know, yes, I could spend all day working on a creative project or I could spend all day working on things that will lead to me being able to have a sustainable income. And sometimes those things are not the same. Right. So you also realize no one's paying me to sit here right now, except for myself. And I have to be the one who's kind of out there making sure that I'm showing up in my business and building this business and getting new clients and all of these things. And so, yeah. So once you're self-employed, sometimes, you know, you think that you're going to have all this time uh, to balance these things. And you actually realize you need to create a whole different dynamic with your creativity uh, and with your other hobbies when you are running a business. I think that the cognitive demands often, yeah, there it, it's, I think we just underestimate them and I still chronically underestimate them to be clear. And I've been doing this for a while now, but yeah. that it, it's the decision-making the creative work. Um, and then of course, when you're doing something like, like coaching or, or readings or, you know, divination, like sessions, like there's also this like emotional work, right. This emotional labor that we're doing. And it is exhausting in a way that is different when you're not running the show. Um, and I also came from like a very like demanding, like corporate job, which like did take up like a huge amount of my time. But at the end of the day, it also kind of wasn't my problem. And when it's your business, everything is, everything is your problem. <laughs> so I am definitely someone who, uh, I know it's essentially useless, but I love it. I love to hear people's like morning routines, their schedules. Like I could read that all day long. I could think about it all day long. Do you have a schedule right now um, in this season? Like, what are you, how are you flowing through this balance that you're creating with your creative work and your business work? Yeah, right now. So since I started my business versus today, I've made a lot of changes that have allowed me to have a little bit more freedom and a little bit more flow with what I do, but it took you know, I think it took about six years for me to get to a point where I was able to make more choices in my time. And I don't know, you know, I never tell people to kind of measure their own timelines against mine or anyone else's, because I don't know if six years was a long time for me to figure out certain things or if I could have done it sooner. It's just how it happened for me. You know, now being in my seventh year of business and, and you know, moving into uh, my eighth, which will come up next year, I can start to make a few different choices around, you know, taking a few hours to go off and work on a creative project instead. Right. So, and I can also sometimes decide that I don't have to have the exact same schedule every day, but I'm also cautious with those things because I'm, I think by nature, a very disciplined person. And I find sometimes being too far out of, uh, a structure or predictable routine is actually quite stressful. It's really stressful to put things off until tomorrow. It's really stressful to know that you have things that are urgent or that have deadlines, but you're kind of just waiting uh, to get to yeah. them later because you want to do something else first. So I don't, I don't flow too, too much. I, I try to keep things almost the same every day, but of course, if I have something that is really pressing, um, 
or that's really top of mind or that I'm really inspired and excited to work on, I might get up and start working on that right away. Right. So that I know that I've, I've had that time and I put that attention and energy into it first thing in the morning, and then I'll go off and do other things, you know, get into my email, get into my social media, go off and do that. Um, but otherwise, you know, my, my favorite way to start the day, honestly, is just to go to the gym and, and kind of be in my body and have that personal time for myself first, uh, having some kind of physical connection and being able to, uh, yeah, just kind of be offline and off on my own for a bit. That's my favorite way to start the day. I feel like anything else can happen after that because I've had that time for myself. Mm-hmm. And so doesn't matter if I have the most boring day. It doesn't matter if it's a really eventful, stressful day. I'm like, I'm, I can feel okay because I did something for me already. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that as like, kind of like a, a linchpin or a foundation stone corner. I was like, what is the word? It is a foundation stone. Sure. Sure. Um, Whatever. Uh, for the day, I do that a lot too. I either use that as like my start of my day or often if I have like a big transition in the day, like right now I'm having a really hard time stopping my days. So I've been exercising at the end of the day as my transition out, but for many, for like the past year, I've been doing it in the morning, that space of just, yeah, knowing you've done something for yourself makes a huge difference. What have you seen shift talking a little bit about like taking some time to make those decisions. And I agree. I'm in my I think I'm in my sixth year now. I think I lose track. This is the first, like the last couple of months is the first time that I felt like I could really make some clear decisions around my time and start to finally be like, okay, those behaviors or those activities actually like, for example, like don't matter or um, like that I'm allowed to take this time away. Um, but what have you seen kind of in the marketplace and like in the scope of your work shift over the past like seven years? I mean, I think um, in like online land, like anything over five years is like basically a millennium. Like you've like been in business for like a thousand years. Um, just cause things change so quickly. It's not like, you know, it's, it's so different. Like the mar- like the market changes, the tech changes, the platforms change. What have, what are you seeing right now, especially for folks like you who are doing, who are doing readings, who are, who are doing sessions and then who are doing you know, teaching and, and coursework and stuff like what's, what's going on? Yeah. What is going on? What's going on? Um, I keep trying to figure this out myself right now. Yeah. What is happening? Because I feel very much like so many things are in flux right now. I think everything seems to kind of begin and end with this pandemic. Yeah. Right. So, you know, before the pandemic started, uh, I felt like things were you know, somewhat predictable, at least in terms of tarot, uh, for me. And I I think some of this is also geographically based, right? So I, you know, I'm in Canada and in the summer, you know, we have long winters here. And I know people sometimes think that in Canada, it's cold all the time. Uh, it depends on where you are in Canada, but where I am, it's actually, I'm really close to say Detroit, right? So (laughs) our weather is not that different from Detroit or New York state or uh, you know, other places. Right. But we do have long winters. And then when the summer comes, people are like, that's it. I'm not looking at my computer. I don't want to be, you know, because the summers are so short here. And, uh, you know, it's also the time when kids are out of school, everybody goes back in school in September. So really whether you have kids or you're a student or you're not, everybody's kind of in this very predictable, cycle of uh looking forward to a summertime where regardless of of what your your job status is or your family status or whatever's going on you kind of treat the summer as this vacation right even if you have to work still and so i find for things like tarot when the weather's good people aren't really thinking in terms of clients people are not thinking about their spirituality they're off on patios they're at the beach it's true right it's and so i I've always yeah um so i came to learn you know not to expect big things in the summer right summer for me is also time to maybe slow down a little bit or i can work on bigger projects that uh require more concentration more focus more uninterrupted time it's a great time for me to take a little break if I want to do a vacation or something, but with the pandemic kind of different. Right. And I'm saying all this to you being mindful that 
I know online, we're all in different parts of the world. So for other people, they may have different seasonal cycles, right? They may notice that things slow down at other points in the year, depending on what's happening within their communities. I've just found that there's a seasonality to some of this work. Um, I've also noticed certain things like New Year's tends to be a really exciting, busy time for tarot readers. People are looking forward to, you know, what's coming up in the year ahead. They want to plan ahead. There can be these moments that become predictable for this kind of work. But during the pandemic, I noticed that all of a sudden, I thought everything was going to kind of grind to a halt with the pandemic and people being, you know, at home most of the time and not going out. I thought everything would kind of stall. Instead, everything really ramped up. People, you know, I had to close my books for a while because I just had way too much demand for one-on-one clients. You know, there were things that people needed help with that I just couldn't help with. Um, You know, I had to take a a break from how many clients I was working with, uh, how many new clients I was able to take on. So I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Online courses seemed to be selling really, really, really well because a lot of people, again, were home. They had a lot of disposable income. They wanted to learn things. But now that things have reopened again, even though the pandemic hasn't gone away, I'm finding it harder to get a read on where people's attention and energy is going right now. And there's a lot of other stuff that's happening too, right? Inflation is a real thing. There's talk of recession. I don't know if it's actually happening or not. uh, But when you put that word out there into the mainstream, people get scared, right? So it doesn't, it, in some ways, it doesn't matter if it's actually happening. Someone hears that on the news and they're like, oh, maybe I will not, maybe I won't treat myself this week. Like I was planning Mm -hmm. to, right? Yeah. And in this kind of work, you know, for some people, sometimes the clients see tarot as, as a necessity for them, but other people don't, right? Some people see tarot as entertainment. They see it as something fun. They see it as something that satiates a type of curiosity they might have around getting a reading as an experience. Some people might like to take tarot classes, but if they're on a budget, they might think, I don't know, you know, I could watch a YouTube video instead. Mm-hmm. of taking it fast, right? So, you know, for me right now, I'm trying to figure out where is all of this landing? Um, you know, everything does settle eventually. And, and I think that we will come out with new patterns and, uh, and something that's a little bit more predictable. But right now, I think a lot of stuff just feels like it's in flux and it's up in the air. And I think for us, Uh, for those of us who are running not just tarot businesses, but any type of spiritual based service business where we are selling classes, or maybe we're selling crystals and tarot decks, readings, these types of services, I think we all have to be mindful of this, right? That not all clients see this as something that they have to have. It's a nice to have. And so we kind of have to, I think, all be anticipating that some things might change, right? You know, for people who started businesses during the pandemic and maybe put out some workshops or something and thought, wow, you know, I'm really doing well with this. They might be seeing a bit of a slowdown this year, right? But the slowdown might actually be more of what you would typically expect pre-pandemic, right? So maybe you're not getting 30 people signing up for something. Maybe you're getting 10. That might be closer to the average, right? Because I think the last couple of years were above average years for a lot of people working online. Yeah. And I completely agree. And I'm hearing that from a lot of different folks who really like that 2020 into 2021, whether that's when they started or they just had a huge boost and then were kind of are getting surprised and shocked heading into 2022, even before, even though kind of the inflation discussion started at the beginning of the year, even before. And yes, like as soon as you say the word recession, consumer behavior changes. So it's like, I just, I'm kind of like, I don't know how, as like, I feel like it's like a Schrodinger's cat thing. I was like, can you like, if you don't say the word, will it happen? Is it in the box? Like, I don't know. Um, I also think, I think, I think economics is a scam, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, (laughs) certainly not, certainly not a science. Um, but that, that people were already seeing a shift just as people's lives adapted and shifted in a new way, kind of after, most, a lot of people going back to work, um, people being tired of being on the internet, like all of those things. I think that with the pandemic, I think there were a lot of folks who have kind of gotten this idea that like running a tarot business is super easy. (laughs) Like, 
<laughs> and, or like, there's these really kind of outsized expectations for launching an online business. And like, obviously like I work with people in online business all day, every day. I think that it's going to continue to be very successful. I think that it's extremely, um, agile and malleable, which makes it really ideal heading into economic uncertainty. You can make changes very quickly when you don't have a lease, for example, or a bunch of physical products to deal with. Like it's a really great position to be in, but there's this, this kind of a coming, yeah, coming into this year, I think there's, there's maybe some confusion about what it really takes to run a full-time tarot business. Yeah. Do you think running a full-time tarot business is easy, Liz? No. No. Face <laughs> <Ace> is great. <laughs> no, I don't, you know, I don't know if any business is easy uh, necessarily because there's just so much to do, especially if you are a solopreneur, like a lot of us are. And even if you have a virtual assistant or you have a small team, managing a team is still a lot of work. Yes. Right. You can't just hire someone and, and expect them to know all the things that they're supposed to do and read your mind all the time. Right. Um, you know, I, I was a manager before I had this business, so I know what it's like to manage people. And that's one of the reasons why I, I, I don't have a permanent team. <laughs> right. Cause sometimes it's just easier to just feel like, well, I could just do this and then I don't have to talk about it. Right. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but no, I think that, you know, one of the things that I, I think people really need to understand when they're starting probably any kind of business, but a service-based business especially, is that it takes years to actually have a regular consistent client base. And the startup phase of any business is five years. It's a long time, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of people think about startups as being, you know, year one or year two, you're in a startup phase, but really it actually takes so much longer to build out all of the pieces that you really need to have in place. Um, you know, and that's not to say that there isn't a big difference between year one and year five, because there is, there's a huge difference, huge. right? Yes. They're not the same and you're not always kind of feeling like you're at that starting point. And then one day you wake up and it's over. Uh, if you're working on things consistently, then it does change, but it, it also takes time to put all of these pieces in place to have a business that feels like it's bringing in something predictable, uh, that also feels like it's a you know clear expression of who you are, what you want to say, how you're showing up, what your work is about. And also it takes time to develop what your work is about, because I think a lot of us come in as service providers. We, you know, hopefully when we're coming in as professionals, we already have a really good sense of who we are. But once you actually start to build out a business and take on more paying clients and have a full client roster, your methodology changes as well, right? Yes. So this work changes you too. And it takes time to understand how are you communicating that to people, right? What is the core of what you're doing? All of that takes time. Which is why I think it's important when people start businesses to really ask themselves, how long do I see myself doing this for? Is this something that I think is going to bring in some quick cash for me because I need money right now? Or is this something that I'm truly committed to seeing through and growing for the long term? Because if you're looking for quick cash, you know, I mean, I don't know if starting a whole business for quick cash is really the best way to get quick cash, right? And there are other ways to read tarot. If you want to read tarot, you don't have to start a full-on business and have a website and, and build a platform and everything, right? You can work on a phone line. A lot of people do that and love it, mm -hmm. right? And you know, you don't have to worry so much about the marketing and all of that because the phone line does that for you. Uh, you can work at events. You can find little shops. You can just do it kind of part-time for friends or within your community, right? You don't have to have a full-on, full-fledged business. But I think that this idea that business is easy or that the goal should be or has to be or will be six figures quickly is kind of, it's kind of a problem. Um, yes. It's a huge problem. In a lot of ways, it, because it's not accurate and it doesn't really give people, a, it doesn't set clear realistic expectations around, yeah, what this really requires. 
right? Or, you know, or how to develop a relationship with the uncertainty that building a business brings, because that's also part of the commitment involved, right? It's like, are you, are you okay knowing that you're not going to make money all the time? Yes. It's, it's, I think there's a couple of really interesting things here that I want to pick up. I think one of the ones is I know that we see a lot with our clients in our membership program, which is often folks in their first like one to three years in business. Some are full-time, some not, but people often haven't sat down and done the math on like how many clients they would need to actually make the money they need. Um, so especially when we're looking at something like doing tarot readings, for example, it's like how, how many readings do you actually need to do? And where are you going to find those people? And do you have the capacity to do that many readings on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis? Like it, it becomes like a really important question about who you are, what you personally need, what you can give and like what you can sustain. And then coupled with these realities that like, I, I run into a fair number of people who put up like an Etsy shop and think they're going to have a six figure tarot business in a year, um, reading tarot and like, you know, at like probably $20 or something. It's like the math just doesn't work. And it's really easy to get confused by kind of the general, it's not, it's, not, it's really not specific. It's just like the general water of capitalism, but like mm-hmm. of people talking about, you know, making six figures or like hitting these certain revenue goals. And you actually having no idea what they're selling and how much they're selling it for and whether they actually profited or like, you have no idea what's happening. So like when you apply that to a service-based thing, when something where often, while there are people who do charge premium rates for tarot readings, it's not a place where most folks are like making like a thousand dollars an hour or something. Like it's, it's, it's not, uh, can be, um, but I think it it gets really tricky. Yeah. I, I think all of those things, you know, those things are so, so important to look at and there's, I could, I don't even know what I want to say here because there's so many things I want to talk about, you know, to go back to this idea of making six figures, I know that this is a popular idea online, right? And we yeah. see it so often on social media from business coaches. I get sent ads on Instagram all the time from different coaches who talk about, you know, create a course and make six figures and we'll get you launched in six months and all of this stuff. And um, there's just so many things out there that you see around this, but you have to also look at, you know, you have to look at the reality that there are a lot of people who are selling business to business owners. Yes. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think it's like, I have taken so many courses about business over the years and have learned so much from all the people that I've studied with, but I never studied with a coach who promised six figures. I never did. I like the idea, right? Sure. Like sounds good. Sounds great. But there's so much more to building a business than just focusing on that number. And I think that one thing people have to appreciate is that it's an accomplishment to make five figures. Can't we just talk about that? Yeah. You know, what's it's if huge. You, it's so, it's so huge. You know, what's wrong with getting a five figure goal? Start there. It's actually quite hard to make six figures a year. It's yes. very challenging. And you're right when you, you know, to also have people question what's behind the six figures, right? Is it gross or is it net? Because there's a big difference on that too. Yep. And is it true? Because sometimes I see people online who are always like, oh, you know, all I do is post on social media. And then I, you know, I, last night I went to to sleep and I woke up and I had 70 K in sales overnight. It's like, I can show you what I do. I'm like, really? Because a lot of people post on social media and don't get any sales and your posts are not that different from other people's. So it's hard for me to believe you. Yes. Right. So I think too, we sometimes have to have this discernment around, you know, not everything you see online is true. Unfortunately, people lie. They do. It's like, you know, it's just a, a crappy part of our reality, but people are not always honest. Um, marketing is not always honest. There are people who are trying to sell you a dream and that's always been the case, right? I, even before the internet, people have always been trying to run different scams. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, fraudulent marketing has always been a thing, right? And people have gotten sued for it many, many, many times over and over and over again. 
for decades now. So we also have to be mindful of that. That doesn't mean that everybody who's successful or that looks really slick isn't being authentic about that because some people really are making it that big. But I think that those people are the anomaly. And for the most part, most businesses are going to bring in an average income if those businesses are doing well. And that's okay. And we should be able to just celebrate that. You're not failing if you're bringing in, you know, 30, 40, 50 grand in your business, especially selling tarot. Like that's amazing. If you can do that. It's amazing. It's, it's, you know, (laughs) I've like so many things I could do. I knew we could go in so many directions. Um, But yeah, the idea that like, well, this is the whole comparison. I mean, comparison thing is so real. The internet and social media makes that extremely hard. It's hard when every business ad that's coming your way is talking about specific metrics that say whether or not you're a a good business owner and that those metrics are numerical and um, may or may not actually be aligned with your goals and your values and what you need. And it's like that piece of like, if you're going to bother to build a business that it needs to actually be built on what your goals are, it is, is like, this is just like, like not something that is, is talked about because if your goals are not to make a huge amount of money or, or to do whatever it takes to hit this thing, like then you're a failure. And it's like, no, I mean, my first year in business, I did not make five figures. Thank you very much. And I was very, very honored that anyone gave me money at all. And I still am. And like not celebrating at any, like at all those levels is makes me so sad. And like, no, I'm going to be like, let's be real. No one can promise you that you will make a certain amount of money. I think about this all the time when I started actually doing business coaching and I still like, still, it's like probably in my mind every single day, I'm so overtly concerned about that dynamic and about like talking about business in a way that is like actually authentic and honest without like, yeah. Like how can you help people achieve their goals without manipulating people or, or lying or misrepresenting things or foisting your beliefs and your assumptions about what their business should be on them. Um, and like, I get why people do that. It works. Like it would be great if you could give somebody $10,000 and they could, and you could be guaranteed to make a hundred thousand dollars. Like who wouldn't make that investment? That sounds great. That like them, I love the math on that, but no one can do that. No one can promise you that. And all they're going to do is tell you to do the thing that they did and hope that it works for you. And it might. Um, and I've learned from a lot of great people too, but it makes me, especially when we're looking at service businesses that, you know, again, it's like, unless you are a tarot reader to the stars and full time, and even then it's really hard to have a above six figure business. I think in any service industry, um, without starting to have other people work with you for essentially like mm-hmm. it, the model that they, is there, but it's like the, yeah, this idea that you're going to start reading tarot on like Etsy is and gonna, I'm, I'm picking on Etsy, but I just think that like, that's a place where I've seen this kind of like <laughs> this yeah. kind of thing pop up. Um, yeah. it, it's really makes me sad because I think we're also probably losing a lot of really brilliant readers and people who would have lovely businesses that could sustain them in a way that feels good because they're not meeting their goals fast enough. And that like longevity is not something that we're talking about. Like you were saying, like there are probably easier ways to make quick money than yeah. Starting a business. If that's what you need. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, you could get, if you need some cash on the side, right. You could get a part-time job. Like that's what I would do if I needed some quick cash. Um, I, you know, like I said, I probably wouldn't start a business because also businesses require money, right. Which is another thing people don't always realize is you need some kind of capital. And the great thing about a tarot business is it doesn't require that much startup, right. You can start a business for very, very little money online, uh, which is amazing but you have to be willing to do the work yourself, right? So you have to be willing to understand how to talk about your work, right? What it means to talk about your work, which is not just saying I sell tarot readings, right? You yeah, have no, to, no one cares that you sell tarot readings. Yeah. Everybody sells tarot <laughs> readings. So you have to be able to talk about more than that, right? Yeah. Um, being willing to, to show up and be visible and be present. And, you know, all of those things are part of it. But at some point, you're also going to have to invest in your business too, right? Because you can only get by on free stuff for so long, uh, you know, in terms of free tools, right? People love picking the free plans for email marketing and things, but those, again, great if you're kind of starting up in a pinch, but you're going to have to spend some money on your business eventually. And that's another thing that people have to consider 
when they think about the commitment they're willing to make is, do you want this enough to actually put something back into it too, right? Will you, you know, invest in maybe a better performing website? Will you invest in some email marketing platform, right? What, what are you going to, to give back to your business so that it can grow? Uh, and if you're not making enough money to even pay yourself through your readings because you're either undercharging or you're not showing up in the right places where clients can find you, then you're not gonna be able to invest in the business to get it to that point where it can grow either, right? So those components have to be there too. And when people are doing things like Etsy, again, not to pick on Etsy, but to pick on Etsy, because uh, <laughs> I've talked about this before with uh, with some people who've, who've shown up for my business workshops and stuff is that, you know, there are a lot of limitations when we go through third-party websites like that, right? Third-party platforms. And, you know, again, it's not enough sometimes to just be on a site like Etsy and expect that people are somehow going to find you. You're also paying a lot of extra fees on those sites, right? So again, the so cost involved, much. right? Yeah. yeah. So if you're charging 20 bucks and then you don't, you know, you don't even really get that whole $20 after all the fees and charges and whatever else have come off of that. Um, then again, you kind of have to look at, you know, what is this doing for me? Right. Are you able to build a mailing list through Etsy? Are you able to, uh, you know, have more detailed information sometimes that people might need on there. Right. Um, sometimes those websites just don't give you as robust an experience and, clients might need a little bit more from you, right? Uh, and if also people are searching for tarot and Etsy and then they're seeing, you know, 200 other tarot readers pop up, how do they find you out of all of it? So all of those questions also come to mind for me when we're, we're going in that route. But I think that some of this is also, you know, it comes back to the practitioner themselves because one of the things that I also notice is not just that there's, sometimes an impatience that people bring to this, right? Um, but also there's an unwillingness to learn the marketing components of running a business in the spiritual industry, right? That goes well beyond tarot. I see this with all, you know, practitioners of all kinds where there's a belief out there that says, you know, if a client is meant for you, they'll find you. Like, I they can't find you if they can't find you. You have, you know what I mean? One of my um, favorite pieces of, of advice I ever got from an ex-mentor was just to raise my prices and then the right people would find me. I was yeah. like, I was like, how does that work? How? how? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. the vibe. It's the vibes. It's, it's the, the vibration. vibration. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, those yeah. things, I love the idea. Um, but again, this is why sometimes people are misled into thinking that having a business will be easy. Yep. Right. And so sometimes, you know, we have to sit with ourselves. I think being an entrepreneur brings a lot of, creates a lot of self-awareness uh, within ourselves because sometimes we have to think, okay, am I being misled by something? Am I getting bad advice? Or is there a task that will move me forward, but I just don't want to do it? Yes. And what is that task and why don't I want to do it? And is there an alternative to it? Because sometimes there is, right? You don't have to use every marketing technique out there and not all of them are great. And some of them feel kind of uncomfortable, right? It depends on your own comfort level too, though. Yeah. As well, right? But we have to really sit with ourselves and think, okay, you know, what, yeah, where am I at right now? Where am I trying to get to? And what are the things that are in my way? Or what are the things that I need to add into my business that will help me get there, right? So are you adding, are you subtracting, are you blocked by something? All of these are questions you kind of constantly have to ask yourself, especially when you're in the early stages of a business and building, because that's really when you, you have the biggest learning curve. Once you've been in it for a while, then those things become a little bit easier, right? Yeah. And your intuition or your business instinct is a little bit sharper. But when you're starting out, if you have no business instinct, if you're really careful what kind of advice you're following, but you also have to be really careful around how much you think you know. Yeah. Yes. And I love this piece you said about people being kind of maybe unwilling to learn the marketing or, and I think sometimes it's, that's why like some of these things are so insidious because it sounds so, I mean, wouldn't it be so nice if you could meditate your way to 10 K? Yeah, like of course. If, like, we would all do it. Like, <laughs> like we, we would all do it. Right. Like yes, it, yes. it's these, a lot of these kinds of, um, 
intuitive business, I don't want to call them strategies, um, tools, let's say that are mm-hmm. offered. Um, one of the reasons that they feel that like they're so desirable is because they really tap into that, that desire to not have to do the hard things, yes. right. Or to believe yes. that there's some way or to believe in some way that the world is fair. And if your work is good, that you will automatically get those clients. But it, it is like starting a business as ASU had a huge learning curve and it's okay. I think like, and I would love for us to have more conversations instead of it being like, make a hundred K by taking my course. Like, instead of being like, do you actually want a business? Yeah. Like, do you want one? Cause I think a lot of people think they do and they don't. And I think that's okay. It is okay. It is okay. I, I actually had someone in one of my business classes uh, earlier this year who came to that conclusion at the end of it, Yeah, you know, and she said, you know, she likes reading tarot. She probably do it for fun. But she said, you know, after learning all of the things that I would have to do to actually make this come together, it's like, you know, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay just kind of doing tarot in my own way. That's great. Yeah, but it's, it's, it is great because again, once you start a business and you have clients, you need to show up for those people, right? Your, your life actually becomes very structured yes. when you do this because you're suddenly, you know, you're selling parts of your time, right? You're not just selling tarot. You're literally selling off your time yes. to different clients who all have their own expectations, their own personalities, their own dynamics, their own needs. And that is a little bit stressful, right? If you take it seriously, it should be a bit stressful Yes, (laughs) because there's a lot of responsibility involved and that's not the only part of the work, right? You have, you know, you're selling off parts of your time and then you're looking at the rest of your schedule saying, okay, well, I also have to write my newsletter for this month or this week or whatever. And I, you know, I want to start a YouTube channel or a podcast. So I need time for that. And, you know, my website needs some updates and there are some events coming up that I want to apply for. And then you suddenly realize, okay, maybe I have two, three good business days to do this because the rest of my time is client time. Right. And so there's so much more involved than just reading tarot in all of this. And you, again, really have to be willing to hate saying this is such a cliche thing, but wear a lot of different hats yeah. In this and, and yeah. And sometimes do things that maybe are not the most exciting. Maybe they're not always things that you like to do, but it's also part of showing up in your business. Right. And, um, and again, being present and showing, you know, sending a message to your clients that you're invested too, right. That you're, you know, you're not just kind of showing up when you're obligated to, but that you are really putting energy into this whole entity and that they can rely on you to be there next time they want to book a reading with you as well. Yeah. Right. That's so huge. And you kind of touched on it with, um, the kind of the free software things, um, that like, I think we really underestimate how much clients are looking for. I mean, especially when you're seeking like a tarot reader, which is probably, I mean, there are, as you said, people who do it for fun and just for kicks, but like a lot of times it's because you're in a moment of uncertainty. It's like the business entity itself is a place that creates a sense of like safety and security and like your website and your, um, the way you respond to emails, how people book with you, like all of these things are opportunities for people to either feel like cared and held and like, and frankly, like you're trustworthy and like they can trust you with their their experiences, like with what's happening in their lives, um, or places where they're going to feel like that's not true. And it, you know, as much as like, I'd love to say that I think it's totally fine. If you have a free Wix website forever, chances are that banner is making your customers feel like you aren't fully committed to your business. So why should they be fully committed? And it's challenging, but when we ignore kind of, I mean, kind of, behavioral economics and customer psychology is like its own thing. But when we kind of ignore that, I think we, we also kind of do, we do the business a disservice in that kind Mm. of lack of commitment um, that ultimately does trickle through to customers who show up and are like, not sure if they're in the right place. They're not sure if they can trust you. I mean, I think that often when people do buy really inexpensive readings that they just like randomly find, like they're looking for something to be wrong. And there's Mm. this place of like, this opportunity when like you commit to your business and you're committing to your clients. And it is, it's like this, 
I mean, it's literally your time. It is this like massive, like energetic container that you're holding, like for like the public on some level, when you commit to that and hopefully with some beautiful boundaries around it, but when you commit Mm -hmm. to that, like that helps your customers know that, yeah, as you said, like that you will be there for them. They're building a relationship with you. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I think that that, like there's, there's a gravity to it that um, often gets missed when we're at least, and like through like a very tactical business lens, like not just like a spiritual lens. Yes. And I think, you know, I think about that a lot when I think about things like blog posts on websites and, you know, for people who think that no one reads blogs anymore. So I, um, I've been doing these annual tarot surveys, just sending them out to the community, asking people questions, right. Uh, you know, where do you find information about tarot and that kind of thing? And one of the number one ways this year in 2022, people uh, have been said they're researching information about tarot is through blogs. So, you know, people still read blogs and I keep my blog updated all the time. And one of the things that I look for when I'm looking for some kind of service provider is, is there info active, right? Have they, you know, whether I'm on Twitter, Instagram, their website, are they posting currently or am I seeing, you know, that they were last active three years ago because they might still be running that business. But if I see something that's really old up there, I kind of think like, Oh, are they still around? Did they close? Are they still working in this way? And so when someone's on your website and they're seeing old, old dates on stuff, they might worry, you know, if I hit this PayPal button, is my money going to go somewhere? And then I'm never going to hear from this person, right? So having also, you know, this, this again, engaged presence there that tells people like, yeah, I'm here. I was just updating my website a few days ago is also really helpful. It doesn't mean that you have to be a 24 seven content machine, right? But it does mean again, that, you know, you have to be putting energy into the business itself, right? So when we talk about things like vibration and go more into that, you know, the woo side of things, what I've noticed more for my business is that when I'm putting conscious effort into my work, right, when I'm updating the back end of my website, when I'm scheduling a bunch of newsletters to go out, that's when I'm also hopping over to my email and seeing, okay, I just got a booking or I just got someone just signed up for a workshop or something happened because I'm putting energy into that business. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. If I'm yes. off doing other things, I don't have as much activity in my business because I'm not there. And people I think do sense those things. They can sense when you're checked out, your clients want to know that, yeah, this person's here at they're available for me. Yes. Yeah. If you had a physical store, like you would dust it. You know, yes. Like, 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 <laughs> yes. I find often that transition to online is so confusing for people because you don't see the literal customers waiting for you to open the door. You know, I worked in retail and restaurants like for most of my right. career. Like, there's like this actual pressure of like, oh, at some point people are going to walk through this door. I have to unlock the door. I have to turn on the lights. I have mm-hmm. to be here. And online, it becomes really easy to feel like you don't have to do those things. Like, like that, like that doesn't matter because you're always open. But yeah, I I can think of it as like this dusting or this maintenance, like something, because it does all these little things start to add up, um, to a place where people, yeah, they're, they're not sure if they can trust you. And if they are, if there is a PayPal button or they're booking and they're buying, like if you want people to actually buy from your website, like they need to know that, yeah, that their money's going to go to the right place and you're going to do the thing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Dust, your, yeah. dust your website, y'all. Dust your website. Dust yes. it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we've 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 kind of gone in a lot of gorgeous and like tasty directions. Um, when you are thinking about kind of people who are maybe sitting here and they're like, okay, like I started my tarot business. I had like, yeah, people were super into workshops last year. Um, or um, you know, are thinking about it and maybe. I mean, I hope this hasn't been like, I don't think this has been a downer, maybe a reality check, uh, an inspirational reality check. Um, But what would you say to people who are trying to decide whether or not they are ready to commit to being a service provider in this way, or who are looking at their existing business and trying to figure out where they can, where they can put in that energy, where they can dust and and make an impact? Um, Yeah. What would you, what would you leave them with? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. You know, this isn't not to scare anybody. I, (laughs) 
Uh, but it, it's good to be realistic. And I think it's important to go into any business with realistic expectations, right? And, and again, bringing that sense of self-awareness around it in asking yourself, is this something that I really see myself doing? And why do I want to do it? Right? Why is it important? You know, because you're, a business is like having a baby and that you have to, again, you have to watch it, not all the time, but when the first couple of years, probably going to work on it quite a bit. To be honest, you know, I think I worked every day in my business for the first two years, tweaking, tinkering around, coming up with ideas, doing things, right? So you have to just, again, be really willing to show up for it, right? You know, reading tarot or providing some kind of spiritual service for someone is, yes, it's a huge responsibility. It's also really exciting and it can be such an honor to do those things. So don't be intimidated by the work involved if that's what you really want to do, because it's, it's very possible to have a business. But again, starting with the commitment and having a willingness to embrace the commitment and also embrace the uncertainty that comes along with having a business is what will keep you going more than anything, right? If you're willing to show up to work on what's required of you, to be curious also around what's working and what's not, right? And to be willing to learn about business itself. All of those things combined will give you a pretty good chance of succeeding. Right. But I think, again, you have to be, you know, you have to kind of sit there and be willing to sometimes say, okay, I thought that this offer I was putting on my website was going to be amazing and sell out right away. It didn't. Don't give up. Don't give up when that happens. Ask yourself why. Right. How can I have promoted it differently? What did I do to promote it? What are other people doing to promote similar offers? All of those kinds, like types of questions, when you get curious about what's working and you, again, let yourself really be a business owner and not just a tarot reader. That's, that's the key. You have to have both of those <laughs> within yes. you. Yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, Liz, where can people find you, learn more about your work, get some more excellent tips and advice on the practical realities of running a successful tarot business? Yeah. Uh, so I'm at lizworth.com if they want to check out my website. And uh, I also share lots of extra tips about tarot and business and all kinds of things on Instagram. Uh, and my handle is Lizworth Tarot. Awesome. We will link all that up in the show notes. So y'all can just click over there and go follow Liz and soak up her wisdom. Liz, thank you so much for sharing your experience with me today. And um, yeah, for giving us the opportunity to really talk about like the, the joys and challenges of running a business. Um, it's been an immense pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun. I, we could just talk all day, I think. I know. I'm like, literally yeah. like we, I was like, yeah. we, we gotta stop, <laughs> but, but we could keep going. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure you go and check out Liz's work. If you are not familiar with her already. And, you know, I hope that we see all of your beautiful businesses birthed into the world from a place of commitment and joy and clarity about what you actually desire. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Holistic Business Podcast. Learn more about growing your holistic business by visiting us at holisticbusinessacademy.com. We'll see you next time.